Good afternoon, everybody. This is Tuesday, September 19th. Um, we are here for a special joint meeting with the Bullhead City Parks and Recreation Commission, followed by a consecutive session. Uh, can I get a roll call, please? Seven council members are present, and four Park and Rec commissioners are present. Commissioner Cribb is absent. Thank you. Toby. Good afternoon, council members. A special welcome to our Park and Rec Commission members who are here this afternoon. The council uh, discussed cameras in the parks and asked for a joint work session with Park and Rec. So uh, not normal, but uh, one of those uh, opportunities to spend an hour, hour and a half or so talking about a pretty significant issue that the council desired to be discussed and basically set some policy and work on policy uh, setting. So in the packet that was provided, there were 31 pages uh, provided here this afternoon about cameras in city parks. Um, a bunch of articles from other cities and, and uh, what they've done and what they've tried to accomplish uh, in their respective communities. So as I put in the packet, uh, the use of cameras in parks is becoming increasingly popular, not just in Arizona or the U.S., but across the globe, to enhance both safety and security for visitors and the local community. We have a couple of video clips that we're going to show with, along with this presentation. Chief Treves will also provide some commentary. Uh, Park and Rec Superintendent Dave Heath will also provide some commentary. Our Public Works Director Angie Johnson's here to answer any questions along with Captain Harms. And then when we get into some of the legalities, our attorney is well versed on those and we'll be talking about that. So first I just want to show you a clip. Um, these are mostly very short video clips uh, from cities that have enacted these. So the first one will be from Kansas City. Go ahead and cue that video. Kansas City Parks getting safer. The city is installing new cameras to watch for crime when you head to the park. Amy Holly is live at Brookside Park. Well, when the city found out some bad guys used a shotgun to rob a group of teens here at Brookside Park a few weeks ago, they went into action and they cleaned up some of the brush here and they made the city lights a lot brighter to make things a little bit safer. But they also wanted to tell residents that they were thinking about putting in another crime-fighting tool, a high-tech video camera that would start recording 24-7 in real time. This is what they're thinking about doing here, but they're already installing these in other parks around the city. When you're four years old, like... Your biggest concern is having fun. Yeah. But when you're the city... This is one of our cameras right up here. You know people can't have fun unless they feel safe. Now more than at any time in the past, we... We have monitored security. Right here outside concessions, this is where they're going to pay. At the city's new Bay Water Park, there are as many rotating cameras as there are water slides. And that means that the concessions, there have been confessions. I'm telling them that they have to leave or they have to pay. Why all the fuss? Because a camera... Doesn't lie. The city has hundreds of cameras in entertainment districts, city streets, hidden in trees to catch people who illegally dump trash, and parks that need protection from problems. Vandalism. Um, theft of public property, damage of public property. The city says the money it's spent has paid off. We've had less cases of graffiti and vandalism, things like that. Even putting some criminals caught on tape behind bars. And that makes people like Matthew's parents. I think it uh, makes everybody feel safer. And Hello. And worry about having fun. I'm 
he was pretty cute today. The city would not tell us exactly where they're installing these cameras, high-tech cameras right now in the name of safety, but they did say they are expensive, about eighty dollars to $100,000 per park compared to $6,500, say, for some cameras in the old system that take pictures, just still pictures. So it will be a long time coming till this new high-tech system makes its way throughout all the parks across the city. At Brookside Park, Amy Holly. So some of the things you heard in that video clip are some of the things that were in the packet. So at least in Kansas City's example, they talked about they're a deterrent, signage, of course, when you're entering parks, saying that you're going to be recorded. Um, so the deterrent factor, as you see in the packet, also helps PD solve crimes. Certainly when people are stealing or doing graffiti, they'll be on camera. Um, sometimes eyewitnesses get the facts wrong. Cameras, you know, record the facts. Uh, they're always there. They don't shut off. The technology that exists today, um, don't doubt it. It works at night. It can track people to, you know, no exactness to their whereabouts and their looks and can be very specific and get license plates and images of your face. So this really isn't a technology discussion. The, the companies we've talked to, they can get you from four or 500 yards away and they'll know who you are. They'll know who you are at night. So it's not a technology question. There's enough bandwidth here, enough electricity here. It's just a, a cost factor. So um, technology is not a concern of this discussion today. Um, people do feel safer. Um, studies have shown us that people are feeling safer when they know that there's cameras. In fact, we have one right outside this building that the council approved a few years back that people who buy and sell things and trade things can interact right out in our parking lot and there's a sign there that says this area is being recorded for you to do your transaction. Um, and also can protect people who didn't do anything wrong. Another quick video to show uh, if our staff can cue that up. This one is uh, from the Midwest, from I believe from Columbus, Ohio. It's the first full week some Columbus City Parks will have new surveillance cameras. The city decided to rent the cameras after several shootings, including three with deadly results, all at Columbus Parks this spring. NBC4's Eric Halperin is by one of the more than two dozen cameras the city has added. Eric, what are you learning about this effort? Carrie, the city is now using 25 of these cameras at parks. Now, due to security reasons, they won't tell us where all of them are, but we have seen them at a few different parks, and police are hoping that these cameras help keep crime out of the parks. Fun with family and good food. The perfect July 4th afternoon for Romero Ranson and his family. We live out here on the west side, and, and uh, we just like to come to the parks and then really enjoy them. Their get-together happening at Westgate Park, a place they visit often. In May, a 19-year-old was shot and killed there. The violence at parks had been worrying Ranson. When I first seen it, I didn't want to allow my children to go nowhere, so I would tell them, like, don't take the babies over to the park to swing no more. Uh, it's just not worth it. But he says these new cameras are making him feel better. Part of the reason the family felt okay having their celebration. It's really good to have the, the cameras out here to, you know, to give more security and better eyes open for uh, our community around here. After violence at some parks in the spring, the city rented 25 portable cameras. They can be accessed by police remotely. 
Commander Robert Strasbaugh says police and rec and parks determined where they're placed. What we're hoping is for the residents that it brings a little bit of peace of mind. Uh, what we're really hoping is, is the criminals will say, there's a face now, we have to you know, be careful about what we do. Stay out of our parks. The parks are for the kids, the parks are for families. They were delivered and put in the parks last week. Ranson's family says they're already making a difference. It feels more safer. Ever since the cameras are up, there's been more people actually outside and playing. And while that sounds a little extreme that we're comparing ourselves to Columbus, Ohio, a bigger city, right, a uh, different area of the country, um, we have had our own problems in our park, so the chief is going to talk to you a little bit about that right now. All right, uh, Mayor, Council, Commissioners, um, so I was asked to pull a few statistics today, so I, I didn't obviously get every crime that we have in there, but I pulled some of the major ones that we would be dealing with most often. Uh, such as criminal damages, assaults, graffiti, disorderly conduct. In just over a year period, so dating back to the end of June last year till uh, today, we've had uh, criminal damages in Rotary Park 26 and Community Park 13, assaults in Rotary Park 9, Community Park 5, graffitis 26 in Rotary Park and 3 in Community Park, and disorderly conducts 28 in Rotary Park and 18 in Community Park. And there's uh, certainly a, probably a lot more that doesn't necessarily come to us. Uh, maybe Dave's staff, and I'm sure he, he can, he'll speak to it today. Uh, you know, they'll just handle some things instead of calling us out. Um, and there's probably a lot more to that, uh, those numbers there. But that, to me, that's a lot of crime that's happening, property crime that's happening, that's costing taxpayers a lot of money to fix these things in a very short amount of time. And we'll hear from the chief here in just a moment on additional concerns uh, and questions. Um, in our packet, uh, we also, on page two, talked about other concerns that have been brought up by the public. Uh, just in general, other concerns about cameras in parks. And we list those as privacy concerns, cost, you know, data management and storage, technical issues along with maintenance, the false sense of security, and then public records requests. And so. Uh, as we put in there, uh, all of these can be mitigated. We do not believe that there are any uh, issues with technology. Uh, you know, but funding is available to do these projects uh, based on the policy that we come up with today and moving forward. Uh, so lastly, we have one last video to show, and uh, this was asked of me, is if, are there any cities that have done pilot programs? So you may see this as, uh, as another way another city did. I believe this is Toledo, um, but, uh, or no, I'm sorry, Austin, Texas, uh, a pilot program that they put out. So we can play that video real quick. Thanks so much for joining us here at 9 on this 4th of July. I'm Daniel Marin. Security cameras are now up in some Austin parks with the goal of curbing vehicle break-ins. The Parks Department says this pilot program is in response to an uptick in crime. KXN's Brianna Hollis tells us which parts the department is targeting. Extremely disappointed and I was shocked. That's how Vicki Carrasco felt when she went for a Sunday afternoon hike on the Barton Creek Greenbelt and came back to this. The passenger's car window open and broken. Someone had taken her purse, which she thought she put into the backpack she brought with her on the hike. At that same time, I started checking my phone and I noticed that there were a lot of fraud alerts for my different credit cards. 
The green belt is one of the areas Austin's Parks and Recreation Department has put up security cameras as part of its pilot program. Other spots include Mount Bunnell, the Rainy Street area, and Edward Rendon Park. We often get questions about, you know, is there a camera there or is there not a camera there? And so I think it was an opportunity for us to, to kind of say maybe it's a chance for us to get a little bit more data and see if it's actually something that is, is helpful. Does it actually reduce or make a difference in some of that crime? Is it helpful to our police department as well? The plan, review the data with APD after the cameras have been there for a while, engage the level of the difference the cameras make. We want to make sure our parks are as welcoming and people feel safe and secure and come to them to have memories of their family and friends. So I think that anything that deters, um, you know, people that are thieves um, is helpful. Brianna Hollis, KXAN News. Okay, so you kind of get the picture of what other cities have done, how they've done it, including Austin, with a pilot program with those portable units. There's a portable unit, maybe some of you have seen in the last week, down by the bridge, uh, the Riverside Casino has a portable on the Arizona side. Um, those portables can be leased, purchased, moved around. Um, so again, addressing the question that was asked here recently, um, is, is there a pilot and can it be piloted? Cameras themselves, uh, Dave could talk a little bit more. He and Captain Harms have done the research, anywhere from 1,000 to 5,000, depending on the camera, the equipment, the companies. Uh, I'll let Dave kind of get into that in just a second. Uh, again, finances are a concern, but also we also know that you know one major event, one episode of vandalism. Uh, can cost way more than a whole camera system, right? If And I don't want to give examples of what bad things could happen because we all can conjure up those in our own mind. So if we go to the last part of that packet, outcomes from other city programs, just want to highlight that, you know, theft has been deterred, people have been caught uh, in other communities. Vandalism, people have been arrested and identified. Uh, physical altercations that occur, uh, people have been uh, held responsible and taken appropriate action. People have been found, missing persons have been found because of cameras and parks. As you found in the rest of your packet was just other information, which again detailed other cities and what their city council members were saying about that process, cameras, cost. So a good background for all of you. So if you don't mind, I'll turn it over to Dave Heath for a moment to talk about some of the issues that he's been experiencing in the parks, and then he can talk a little bit about cost and go into some of the reasons and rationale. In, in his mind, he's been in the parks and around the parks for pretty much his whole life. <laughs> you might have to use that one. <laughs> That might have been Roberts. Okay. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor, Council Members, Commissioners. Uh, yes, it, it's we, we do have problems in the parks. Um, the Chief discussed a few of the things that happened, but uh, between destruction of property, um, arson, and graffiti, we have vandalism that we're dealing with all the time in the parks. It's a weekly issue that we're dealing with. Um, not all of them resort, resort in a, uh, result in a police uh, report a police call uh, because we have things that happen so often um, that we budget for them every year and we're just ready to to replace it right away i mean we budget for all the repairs and all the uh, what ifs that might happen in the park but for something like a smash out light bulb um, in the bathroom or on the outside of a bathroom or 
broken toilet paper dispenser or something like that. Those happen all the time. Um, and, and it's not often an accident when these things happen. Um, so we spend a lot of man hours dealing with these issues and uh, we spend a lot of time uh, budgeting for this stuff and then paying for this stuff when it happens. So uh, cameras in the park, um, it's understandable why it's something that we would be thinking about at this time. Um, because we do have hot zones too. Um, the city manager asked me to put together a, a list of, of places where we might need them and, and in five minutes they came up with 30 def 37 different spots. Um, whether it's a spot that's, you know, a camera to keep an eye on something valuable, a camera to keep an eye on a place that has a high crime, incidence of crimes, or a camera just there for people's uh, personal safety. Uh, we've got a lot of places where it can be, and, and I know, because I talked to someone before this meeting started, that I'm not thinking of every single spot where we could possibly use them, because there are other concerns in the park as well. Uh, we started last week speaking with a, a, an outfit called Verkanda. Uh, this this group uh, does security cameras. They actually have the cameras for the Bullhead City Elementary School District, and they have about 150 with the school district uh, in place right now. I uh, spoke with uh, Verkanda about everything that they have to offer, uh, and it's kind of everything that you want to see uh, from, a, from a system that you'd be getting from someone like that. Uh, they've got a 10-year warranty on all their hardware. They've got 24-7 technical support, which means you can actually talk to a person. 24-7, uh, they have offices worldwide, so they respond in that way in English. And uh, they, you get automatic uh, updates for your, your software, your firmware and stuff like that, so it's never really out of date. Um, I, I know with some of the other camera systems that the school district used before, they had to constantly get new equipment because something would become out of date. This, this stuff can be downloaded and kept up date. Uh, you, you'll get uh, features like notifications if a camera goes offline or if someone's messing with it. Um, you get uh, unlimited archiving. They offer um, archiving capabilities that they can clip out um, any segment of video from any camera for you um, and the clip could be as, as large as 24 hours. So uh, that's a nice uh, feature. Um, and if, of course usually what I imagine doing is clipping out something. Okay this happened last night between 8.31 and 8.32. I clip that out. I send that to the police department and they go check things out. Um, the cameras, uh, they can connect to either the cell phone routers or through fiber optics. I don't think we're prepared for, for the fiber in, uh, in all of those places in the parks right now, but the, the cell phone routers would be about $100 uh, a month for a monthly service uh, of those. Uh, we would have to pay for a cradle point for an AT&T plan for connectivity and the software license for that, and the license we can get is one to five years on that. Um, we can have... Uh, Unlimited storage um, for 30 to 365 days on the camera. Um, you know, depending, of course, on how big the plan is that you want to go with. Um, you could, they use a hybrid cloud for, uh, for that storage uh, that's truly unlimited for, for everything if we want that. Um, you could filter by motion in a location. Like the city manager and the chief were talking about, these cameras are things that they can. Um, you could focus in on, they, they've given me access to some of their cameras. That's one of the nice things that they can do. It's very easy to say, okay, here's this link. I send it to this guy and he can look at my camera for today. I'll give him eight hours of permission or 24 hours of permission to look at my camera. Um, both this company and the school district did that for me. Um, and that's kind of nice because I can see how their actual equipment is actually working. Uh, when using that, I see the features in there that they have like, okay, 
Um, I see this guy going in there. Okay, he's got a red shirt on. Let me see every person with a red shirt for the last 24 hours. Boom, 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 boom. They send me all the clips like that. Um, license plates, car colors, um, any, anything you can think of features on these people. Um, they can do that. Now, they don't have the, you know, like you see on the movies and TV shows where spatial recognition says, oh, that face right there, that's Dave Heath. It doesn't do that. Um, but, but it does, you know, look for every person that's wearing a, a black pirate's hat. You know, that's going to be Dave Heath. And um, they, uh, they can also detect noise levels and uh, send a notification for, like, if I hear a loud bang at, at one of the bathrooms in the park, it can send me a notification like that. Oh, something's going on. Let's get somebody over there and find out what's going on. Um, and I'll check the camera, of course. Uh, they, you can share, like I said, you can share these clips instantly. Um, you know, if, if I call out dispatch and tell them, hey, something just happened here, and I could clip that out and send it to dispatch or to the police, you know, before the car even gets there. You know, that's how quickly you can clip this stuff out and send it to them. Um, and I can have unlimited users. So anybody that I have on my staff that I want to use it, uh, they can do it. And it's user friendly. This, this uh, system that they showed us, um, the school district said, you know, in, in the past, they've used several different camera systems in the past. They said in the past it's been very uh, intensive on, in training and labor and, and equipment, extra hardware and software that they'd have to use uh, because everything was so specialized, you know, various um, trainings that they had to send people to for hours and hours and hours. The uh, IT director at the school district says he can give all the principals an hour an hour long training, and they know how to use these cameras, and it's that easy for them. Um, they sent us uh, some ideas of some prices last week. The most common kind of camera we we would get is probably in the price range of about fifteen hundred dollars, um, but like Toby said, they 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 range all the way up to uh, several thousand for something that to, can zoom in from much further away and uh, pan and scan and stuff like that um, and, and just to uh, steal cameras too so there, and there's the indoor versus the outdoor we were looking for the prices on the outdoor cameras of course uh, for what we're going to need in the park so thank you Dave <clears throat> and then finally from the staff side and then we'll turn it over to you mayor for Q&A with yourselves park and rec happy to answer any questions that you all have and then take comment from the public as well uh, Chief Treves is just going to talk about the law enforcement perspective here locally. Again, you mentioned the statistics, which may have surprised some of you, maybe not, but there are incidents happening in the park, and he's going to talk about that. Yeah, again, um, these camera systems, obviously from a law enforcement perspective, this is a really good tool, uh, right? Um, David just mentioned about having some criminal damages uh, that you know, he just budgets for so he can just go out and replace and fix. It's because these are hard crimes to solve without any kind of evidence other than the damaged uh, property that's left behind. Uh, so from a law enforcement perspective, uh, making sure that we're protecting our assets, uh, that the city's spending millions of dollars, the taxpayers are spending millions of dollars on making our parks really nice, it makes sense from a law enforcement perspective to have cameras to be able, number one, as a deterrent, as, as Toby stated, you know, you have signs to say, hey, you're under surveillance or whatever the signs will say. So as a deterrent, number one, and then number two, uh, with the event of crimes happening, being able to gather some evidence and going back and solving these crimes. We just had a criminal damage at uh, Rotary Park uh, last week where they just came in and damaged uh, the block wall. We, we have no evidence other than that damaged block wall to go off of on that. 
so it's a really good tool in order uh, to solve these crimes. The other aspect, obviously, is, is the liberty aspect, right? And I, too, share that concern. Uh, I don't want to live in a police state, and I don't want to live in a surveillance state. Uh, but I think protecting our assets that we're spending a lot of money for that provides a nice service for the public, I think that's a wise thing to do, and I think that's, that's you know, walking that fine line of, of, of government intrusion versus those liberty aspects. I think that's a, that's a good line to walk right there. Uh, in order to uh, allow our citizens to go out and enjoy these facilities, uh, but then also holding people accountable that are going out already and damaging our stuff. Thank you, Chief. Uh, Mayor, so hopefully that set the table for a good discussion this afternoon. Again, we have about an hour uh, for you and the Park and Rec Commission. However you'd like to lead the meeting is up to you uh, going forward. Thank you. I'm just gonna make a quick comment and then we'll start with Park and Rec's council and the public. Um, I originally brought this up during the budget session. Uh, I had received many numerous uh, messages via Facebook, via uh, city email from uh, parents that were having concerns with their kids getting jumped, getting stuff stolen from them down at the skate park. Uh, so that's definitely another one of our areas. I don't know how many of those are being reported too. A lot of them probably don't get reported. Their bikes getting stolen, uh, all kinds of stuff. And then um, I'll go back to just the last uh, couple months and and the last week uh, you know we had a shooting we had a stabbing and then I happened to be coming from Chaparral from a meeting last week and drove by and I always look at the park uh, either park every park when I'm driving by because they're all so beautiful and I look to the left and I see that block wall at the rotary sign almost wall graffitied up um, and I'm thinking just the money uh, we could save from deterrent from the graffiti and all the all the damage alone could pay for a good share of the cameras i'd rather be paying for the cameras for people's safety than coming back and paying for all the damage um, and as far as privacy i'm with you on the privacy part but these are public parks um, it's we're not we're not filming in front of your house down streets and all all over town uh, you will know that when you're in that private that city park that part of your privacy is is not there but but it's for your safety um, and I'm sure it's not gonna be every square inch of the park um, but I'd like to start with at least the most uh, and Dave and you would know the most uh, where the most crime and graffiti and everything is going on to start off with um, so with that being said I'll turn it over to uh, to parks we'll start with Heather and go down the line and they could put in there uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I appreciate the idea of, of cameras in our parks, especially with the heavy amount of tourism that we receive at Rotary Park and Community Park. And, I mean, we've all seen, you know, people who are intoxicated and, you know, they start fights and, you know, one person against another. Uh, but I'd like to know, are there any real uh, legal concerns from the city about having the cameras in the parks? Yeah, so Garn can comment a little bit more on that. So we've... We've analyzed it. We've looked at other cities. They're, they're in other communities, not just around the, around the country, but in Arizona. Um, we've looked at record retention laws. We've looked at what would be redacted, what wouldn't be redacted. Um, so let me just use the pool as an example. Um, is the pool dangerous? Is the pool getting graffitied? Is the pool getting vandalized? No. Should we put cameras at the pool? No. Do you want to have someone come in and request the video from the pool? 
I think all of us no. would say no. Um, same with the splash pads. Now, you may argue that who cares? You're in a public space, but I mean, being at a pool or a splash pad, there are some differences than walking <laughs> on a trail or being at the skate park. And so one of the things that we then could think about is, okay, if something bad were to happen at the splash pad, turn the cameras on at night when no one's there or we just have security or police. So there might be some functional ways to prevent what some may be concerned about just sickos asking for videos that we don't want to even give them, but public record laws may require us to give them. So when you look at it in that sense, um, maybe when we're recording certain areas, video certain areas, surveilling certain areas, um, we may only need to do that when crimes are occurring. Some are all day, right? Some happen in broad daylight. Um, you mentioned skate parks, but it's not exclusive to skate parks. It could happen anywhere. So those areas of, of high, uh, high visibility, but also of high volumes, there's places within all of our parks where just a lot of people all day long. So those could have the propensity to create more problems. So then when you talk about issues like that, I bring back the pool. Do we really need a camera on our seniors doing aerobics? And do we really want someone out there saying, I want the video from yesterday of the people doing aerobics? The answer is, there's no video from yesterday. We shut it off. We shut it off every day during aerobics. Now, if there's a reason for us to turn the camera back on during aerobics, if there's a threat or violence or something that would occur, we could turn the camera back on, but our opinion would be it shouldn't be on during aerobics. There's no need for it to be on. Now, do we need a camera? Dave can answer that question. If one of his 37 spaces were at the pool, and if he had a reason for that, maybe it's during open swim, people are crazy and, and we're having problems, that would be something we could address. But there's probably a lot of times at a pool or a splash pad it doesn't need to be there. Hope that answers your question. I don't know if Dave had wanted to comment about the pool. Actually, the pool. Actually, the pool is one that was on my list because we've had issues with uh, sex offenders lurking in in the past, and uh, parents that have raised concerns about that and have asked for videos. And, and uh, we've gotten great cooperation from the police about that. They've come and talked. To, I've gone and talked to those individuals. They've talked to them, and they always leave. Um, but that was just one possibility to think about. If I may add to that, um, <clears throat> as policymakers, you have a lot of options the way I see it. And, and Toby just mentioned a few of them. Time of day that video would be recording, uh, fixed versus mobile. Uh, then also, uh, depending on what camera you get, the technology availability, how far you want to see, how you know all those things. And so I think you've got a lot of options. I mean, it doesn't have to just be this overwhelming, you know, we got cameras on every corner and everybody's getting viewed and then they're going to be retained forever and that's another one retention, uh, you know, and then anybody can come in and, and ask for these videos. So I, th I think you've got a lot of options to work with to make your uh, better informed decisions on what you want as a policy going forward. Again, from a mere uh, crime aspect, again, um, looking at our facilities, you know, the, the, the bell, the bathrooms, the pool at night, I, I, would, I would agree with that too. Uh, even if something happens that day, we, you can create your policy in such a manner to, you know, whatever. If something's going on, some, somebody like Dave can turn on the camera and capture this guy as he's leaving or something of that nature. So you've got a lot of options. So don't feel like you're pigeonholed into either having 
complete surveillance versus nothing because that's that's certainly not the case what happened at the pool at night a few months ago we had someone break in and break all the swim lanes that's right we had a, a, a mentally ill individual break into the pool and, and destroyed a whole bunch of property in the pool um, and and just for no reason other than to just be destructive and uh, the fact of the matter is if you want to jump that fence you can jump that fence uh, when nobody's there and you could cause a lot of damage you destroy the lane line so um, and, and our respirators and things like that so yeah things things do happen at the pool sometimes too well I can understand <clears throat> we don't want cameras on the kids all day for some pervert to get on there uh, if you do have suspected pedophiles uh, that's the nice name I'm gonna call them type of people um, that uh, then we could do the on-hands part where we're following them and you know we could get their records find out who they are find out if they are sex offenders and surveil them um, I don't agree with them being on 24-7 at the pool or the splash pad but I do like them being there to use for that tool and like you said at nighttime those are two places especially the splash pad is open for damage too at night um, so I would kind of agree with that and hope everyone else would did that answer um, your question Heather yeah Okay, John, you have anything? Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Um, I like the idea of the cameras. I like the, uh, as Dave said, that his office and his staff, his selected staff would be the monitors rather than paying for a monitor, so I like that. Um, I like the deterrent that, you know, he gets an alert and he alerts the police within a minute you can send them the video I, I like that and um, on the, um, the packet I was wearing um, I mean I think I get the idea of what, what a license plate reader is but is that something we look into that'd be my only question the the technology is there we we haven't done that um, so all of our paid parking or admission we rarely look at license plates um, and we are not monitoring them, although the technology is there to read and define license plates, but we have not considered that. No, I like everything about the cameras for the parks. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Thank you. Great. Thanks, uh, Mayor. Um, so these are rhetorical questions just out of the gate here, and, and Dave kind of answered a lot of those. Uh, the adequate storage that we've got brought up in the presentation is obviously my concern, but what Dave said, I kind of answered that question theoretically, but I know these are not answerable. That's why I said they're rhetorical, but portable versus stationary, I think that's a big concern uh, for myself. Um, but uh, the endless number of cameras can be added to the system to whatever you know thing that you purchase but uh, maybe we can consider buying a certain number I mean I have Dave has 37 there's probably 137 in theory but maybe we buy some each year and keep adding to the system until it grows to a robust system uh, just an idea I, I should have said out of the gate absolutely I'm in favor of it I think it's needed um, everybody knows who I am knows that I am a big time player senior softball and we play each each Monday and Wednesday at Ken Fulvar Park and outside of the pool uh, we have lost uh, senior softball equipment um, out of the storage that we use there outside next to the pool actually um, 
A couple weeks ago, we had human fecal material in the dugout. Uh, we had damaged faucets in the sinks and the restrooms, and Dave took care of those problems um, at my request, and I appreciate that greatly. But these are the little details and not as much detail as the uh, chief would have, of course, but these are things that I personally see when I play ball. So, and that's just one little tiny bit of equation here. So absolutely, I think it's necessary for this town as we move forward and we keep getting larger and larger. Thank you, Greg. And I would agree with him on maybe starting in the, in the more uh, prone areas. Um, now, the, um, the portable ones, I have a little concern with those because they can be manipulated. You know, some of the ones I've seen on there, some were kind of low. Someone could throw a jacket over there and do what they want to do. Um, some could be hooked up to the back of their car and you have some meth head telling one down in Mojave Valley. We don't want that. Although we would know where they're at, I would assume. Um, but yeah, Mayor, the uh, real quick on those, I mean, they can be uh, fenced, like the one you'll see down by the riverside right now, it is fenced. You can stake them down and, you know, with a concrete chain, making sure they don't move. But like all cameras, that, that is an issue. I mean, if they're there, they have to be monitored because someone could do vandalism to those cameras. And, and going against myself there too, on the other hand, when we're starting out with a limited number of cameras, it might be nice to have a couple mobile ones that we could actually move yeah. from area to area. And that's why it was important that we showed you the Austin situation because you know, for a relatively large city like Austin, Texas, I mean, they found that portability important just to you know try them out in certain parks in certain areas yeah i think that'd be a good idea all right thank you craig and one more follow-up question toby um the portables that they were showing in that video do you do you have any idea if those are self oh, come on craig uh, they're they're powered with the, with the solar panels and they don't need anything else besides Correct. that yeah, they can be. Okay. There's some that are around, you know, they could be anywhere between 30 to 50 and thousand and more, depending on the complexities and right. the, the cameras and the functionality, but they can be self-sustaining, uh, solar powered, put out in the Colorado River Nature Center if need be. Sure. Thank you. All right, thank you, Greg. Alicia? I think everything was answered either here or in the packet. Uh, I just want to say that I think it's a great idea. I'm for it. Thank you. All right, now we'll go to Council Rich. Okay, no surprise, I'm gonna probably be the person who pushes back the most. I understand the need for cameras in the parks. Um, deeply concerned about a number of guardrails that need to be put around this on several liberties. First of all, who will have access to what we see on the monitors? Who in the police department or other departments would we propose see what's going on so so councilman that would be a policy decision as we set the policy the administrative regulations if you will surrounding that I mean we could make it very precise that it's you know it's only our park superintendent city manager police chief and or records clerks city attorney I mean we could make it very definitive per the policy um, right now we have cameras uh, in other complexes city hall otherwise very rarely is that ever seen by anybody other than IT and legal is basically where it comes from now in the parks it would be a little extended right because you'll have people requesting it more frequently my car was broken into um, I didn't like the way that person did something to me so it's gonna it's gonna stretch who needs to be involved in that unfortunately is there an approximate value to the property damage we've been discussing? 
last year, last two years? It's it's in the thousands, but we haven't tracked it uh, as vandalism property value per se. Okay. Um, how will we, what's the proposal to monitor? Would we wait for a trigger event to happen when we go look at a tape, or would we have somebody actually keeping an eye on, on all the monitors, all the cameras that are active in their locations? So, so the progression of this um, and the sophistication of it could lead to full-time monitoring, and here's why. So right now, we have full-time security in Community Park at night. It, it's a must. So since we installed the splash pad, opened the bell, uh, we have at least three to five people every night trying to gain entrance into Community Park. By having full-time security, those three to five people and more are thwarted and are sent away and or arrested from trying to enter Community Park. I have a suspicion that none of them are trying to do good things after 11 p.m. before 4 a.m. in Community Park. So we're protecting those assets of the city, the chamber, and our community. Uh, by having that security. If we were to wean ourselves off of security and just do it by sophistic sophisticated cameras, we would have to have someone watching it because once that person entered the park, we would know. The cameras would recognize a person, they would send an alarm, either PD or Park and Rec would be notified that someone has entered the park after 11 p.m. So whether that's a park ranger, a police officer, a security guard, or someone responding to the camera, We've got to keep people out of this park at 11 o'clock or they're going to destroy it, which they already have. I mean, history tells us our park's barn. The bell was only there for a few weeks and the window was broke out of it. Um, all the damage at the pool we talked about, just all of the graffiti that happens over and over. Just as a policy statement of the city, we just don't allow graffiti. We remove it immediately everywhere we see it, it but it, it's every day. Because if we didn't remove it, you wouldn't want to live here. Councilman, if I if I may, um, also I, I think this is just one of those other policy decisions for you guys to, to think about. Um, what I hear Toby talking about right now, this is the off hours when the parks are closed anyway, so nobody should be even in the parks. So that's one thing you can look at, rather than you know 24/7 monitoring, you know during daytime where uh, the likelihood of a lot of these crimes is much less because people are there, uh, versus when the parks are closed after 11 p.m then instead of paying four security guards to monitor these parks, you're actually paying one person to watch a monitor and then call us when something happens. So these are just a lot of, of policy decisions that you guys can think about, debate, and talk about, and, and come up with. I just, you've got a lot of options is the key. Are we anticipating using uh, facial recognition technology in these cameras? The Verkata has it. Um, but not to the, Dave mentioned the fact that it's not going to identify you as that person, but when I looked at their webinar, it actually shows that if that person has been banned from our parks, it could recognize them again. It could. Hmm. Doesn't mean it has to be set up that way, but the technology exists. Okay, the proposal itself, I think, uh, to have the cameras in the parks makes sense. Again, I really want to see some tight guardrails put around this. Um, I would advocate, I'd like to see a pilot program. Try it out in one or two parks. Let's see what happens. Let's, let's work through it. I didn't even ask the question, how many parks are we going to put this in? Well, Dave, in your initial, how many parks were you looking at? 
Um, in my first rundown, I've got eight of our parks that have something in there. I mean, we don't have anything at uh, no, we even had Dean Hackett Park. So nine nine parks. I certainly would support a, a pilot program in nine parks. Okay, uh, I think something much smaller than that to see what happens. Let, let's work our way through this. But you have my support on the concept. And and I think good policy for us to set here mm -hmm. would be unmonitored during the day. Um, perhaps the ones that could set off if something's happening or something, then we can react to them, but definitely monitor it at night in specific areas. Okay, good answers. Thank you. And Councilman, if I could just add one more thing. When, if the, if the general consensus of the council in Bark and Rec is for staff to move forward, we will move forward if that's the consensus. And then when we bring those back, you have your own policy guardrail, right? You can deny our ability to purchase because it'll be way over 50,000. So I'm not gonna do that on my own. I'm gonna bring it to you all for the purchase. The secondary guardrail is don't approve the purchase unless we have good policy that you agree with. So then of course, it's the policy that we bring forward that we can talk about, You know, not only you as a council member, but council as a group with those policies. So I think there are a few guardrails and including, you know, you will have a, a vote on the purchase. Okay, I've used more than my time. All right, thank you. Grace? Mr. Mayor, um, I have a question. So for the 37 different locations before that comes to us, will we be able to can we have a list of what those 37 different locations are and then be able to kind of, like Rich said, narrow that field down? Councilwoman, I mean, certainly in the proposal, you'll see a dollar amount that you'll be approving. I'm not so sure that, I mean, that'll be a good discussion when the council item comes forward if you want to micromanage your staff and in, in the location of those cameras because you're hearing from your professional staff as to where they're uh, saying is the greatest need for those cameras. Now, of course, if we're bringing an item forward that let's just use a number, $75,000, and, and you don't like a particular location, I'm sure we'll have it outlined in the proposal that here's a location of a camera uh, as part of your motion if you wanna strike that. I mean, that's something you could certainly talk about, although I think that'll be an interesting conversation with the council at the time because you're basically gonna be going against staff recommendation on where we think the camera should be located. Um, but it will all be able to be discussed if getting to be more specific. Thank you. I wasn't necessarily meaning to go against your recommendation, just knowing where those higher volume of vandalism and things that were happening as to where the pilot program might begin. And then another question, um, I was researching and it said that as far as individuals being able to access, it says access to security footage from security cameras is sometimes restricted to authorized personnel within the city's law enforcement and security departments. This may include police officers, detectives, security guards, other individuals responsible for maintaining public safety and enforcing the law. Access to these videos is generally granted to those with a legitimate need for the footage, such as criminal investigations or incident analysis. I was just wondering about um, those kind of things. Uh, Garn, would you mind commenting on that particular issue? Yes, I can answer that, uh, Mayor and Council members and Commission members. Generally speaking, uh, Arizona has a very open and liberal public records law. Very few things are confidential 
and not subject to public disclosure. Even some of the things that we talk about um, in some of our sensitive business transactions. And so basically the only reason that a record would not be disclosable, any record that we generate is if there's a privacy interest, if it's, if it's a confidential interest for like social security numbers, and uh, those types of, of things where we have an overriding social um, uh, interest in redacting or withholding those, withholding those things. And so that's what we're faced with. So what it comes down to many times is a case-by-case -case basis. We pull out, and this happens all the time, uh, we get uh, requests for um, a lot of police records and we have to go through the reports and read those reports, take out certain names, take out parts of reports, take out things that relate to medical diagnoses and all of these types of things. So really, there's, there's not really a, a favorable environment in Arizona just to say, this group of people gets to see this and nobody else. Okay, thank you very much. And I wanted to say, Chief Chutes, I like your idea as far as um, restricting the time that it's being recorded at night, if that's when the majority of the vandalism is taking place. And also, the I pulled up the park ranger job description, and I think this is just a fantastic program and utilizing more park rangers during the day. Um, I think it's just a wonderful way where we can have people interacting uh, with people that might be, you know, having glass or, you know, doing things that they shouldn't do, um, having having more people interacting uh, with that and using these security cameras is just kind of in addition to that personnel. Thank you. Ronnie? Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, all I want to say is that I support the idea of this program. Obviously, you know, money's the issue, so we should, I think, move forward with looking at something for those areas where you know problems are happening. Let's take a look at a pilot program. Let's see how it works out. We can hash out a lot of details in a, in a year's time by doing something like that, including does it make sense to have them on only at night? Does it make sense to do X, Y, Z? Uh, Garn, I do have a question for you. The, the Arizona Open Records Law really doesn't, wouldn't differ much from access to these videos than it does to a police body camera, does it? No, it wouldn't. Okay. I just wanted to make, to make sure that I understood that, that it's pretty much free access. Yes. And anybody that thinks that they can't come to City Hall and ask for public records is just wrong. I mean, there is pretty much nothing that the public can't come and ask for that while it may take some time, it may take some legal wrangling because of privacy interests, Records in Arizona are open and open to the public, and y'all are the public, just like we are. So you can come and see that stuff. You just have to ask for it. And Vice Mayor, I would comment. We've looked at the time of retention, and the mandatory, at least right now, what the state is telling us is 14 days. We believe that we could talk about that with, this, with the state archives office to see um, so it's not a forever record. At least we would we would work in the domain that that record right now 14 days, and so at the 15th day it would be gone. 
and there might be some policy that we could talk to the state about because there's <clears throat> a few of us at least that think that things that happen in a park people want to know about the next day they want to see the next day they want to retain the next day usually it's not two weeks later usually it's not the crime might have been committed 14 days ago let's go back and look at that playground usually it's known to us the day or the day the next day and so we'll look at that as we look at all of our policies and, and I agree with you although quite frankly I'm I'm surprised it's only 14 days having dealt with um, yeah. the retention schedules in Arizona right um, that does surprise me so maybe we thank the heavens that it's only 14, 14 days, days. Yeah, thank you Tammy yeah. um, I, I'm going to I, I support this wholeheartedly but I guess what I'm, I'm looking at the what we've got up here and I, I want to say this I I'm not going to tell the police department where to put their cameras because mm -hmm. I don't know where to put them I can't even turn one on so what I hope that we will do, there's 11 of us up here, none of us with law enforcement other than Mr. Head. And Mr. Head, you've been out a little bit. So, so anyway, I just hope that the council, I, I think we're all going to be in agreement of we need, but I think we need to let the professionals handle what and where and how this is handled because they're the ones that got to handle it. That's what I see. So thank you. Thank you, Tammy. Yeah. Mr. Mayor, uh, me too. I'm in agreement. We do need to move forward, and I support it. Uh, I just would like to add that uh, let's make sure that the cameras themselves are protected because if we invest all that money and they get damaged or don't do what they're supposed to do, then we just lost all that money. And then I had a question about AI technology. Is it already in there, or are we looking at using AI technology? So the, w the way these systems work, um, there is there's already – um, intel the, the cameras are intelligent to some extent. For example, they can show you the walking patterns where people walk, be, you know, how they got there, where they came from, in within the camera's view. Um, there's some predictable activity uh, that the camera might show. Um, so there is artificial intelligence, and it's growing by the day. But again, I think with all technology, we have to determine how best to use it and how best to guard people's civil liberties and their rights within our you know within our parks all right thank you and i agree with tammy we'll let the professionals handle all of that and let's make it happen thank you Dan. thank you very much uh, speaking of cameras looking at this morning's newspaper there's an article break-in vandalism report at bullhead city middle school and they did about a thousand dollars worth of damage but they were on camera so this will be great that information on camera for the investigation uh, to find the individuals who did it. Um, I did a little research, as I generally do, uh, regarding cameras, and uh, I got a lot of information from the ACLU. That's the American Civil Liberties Union, New York Police Department, National Center for Educational Statistics, uh, the Boston Globe, because of the Boston bomber that was eventually caught three days later. Uh, because it was on camera in a building not even close to where the bombing took place. And also Broward County, Florida, and the uh, Broward County School District and the Sheriff's Office, uh, and also the FBI. The FBI came out with statistics, and this is back in 2014, uh, where there were approximately 1,165,383 1, cameras, 
uh, and they did catch, and these were violent criminals that were caught. And there were also 8,277,829 property crimes that were reported in 2014 that were also on camera. And this was throughout the nation. Uh, one thing we, you know, we all have to remember is everybody in this room has a camera. So when you're out there on the street, you have over 300 some million people in the United States walking around with a camera. Everywhere you go, whether it's a bank, whether it's a church, uh, whether it's Walmart, uh, whether it's Safeway, no matter where, even a gas station, there's going to be camera and eyes on you. Uh, unless you're a criminal and you fear something, you have nothing to fear. Those cameras are there to help you. Now, the, some of the statistics that I got from the ACLU was the fact they did a survey a few years back, and they said that uh, the first question that came up regarding cameras in public places is that it's an invasion of privacy. 42% of the people polled said yes, 58% said no. And uh, that's as far as starting a debate dealing with security cameras. When you walk down the street, drive your car, or you're just hanging out, you're always being monitored by a camera. Uh, half of the reviewed citizens also thought that cameras would not be an invasion if they were put in places that are not private. So if it's, you're not considered, the courts decide as to if it's considered as a private place or if it's not. So hopefully it never went that far. Uh, in New York, as you know, New York uses um, uh, cameras for a variety of uh, things as far as uh, catching criminals, uh, using for their traffic, and they, of course, it's split as to the problems they're having with their cameras uh, because they use it for everything and they don't take into consideration a person's uh, uh, privacy. Now, the, the pros that were listed down, and these some of these were covered again, I'm just going to beat the dead horse, as they say. It will improve public safety, reduce crime, hatch, help catch criminals, provide evidence and gather clues, and bring uh, convenience uh, to everybody's life as far as the safety. The cons that were brought up are they're easily abused. And I think with the regulations that we can place on the use of the cameras and the storage of the cameras, who has author, uh, authority to see them, uh, I would recommend that there would be just strictly law enforcement and then maybe a court order if necessary. And then it says public cameras do become uh, rather expensive, especially your surveillance cameras. The uh, public security uh, cameras can be used as ways to keep an eye out for crime. In public spaces, crossroads, retail stations, um, I'm sorry, stores, gas stations, etc., where it's all used. Crimes can be deterred before they even begin in most cases if a suspicious individual or individuals or items are seen in an area where they should not be. The National Center for Educational Statistics in 2015, now this is a little older, but then again, today we know that this figure is a lot higher. Nearly 80% of public schools put up surveillance systems in public places to secure their campuses and their students. Of course, now they're using facial recognition, so they would have to come up with a different uh, uh, statistic for that. Uh, and if they had cameras at a Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, uh, which was in Texas in 2018, uh, 17 students and uh, four staff members would not have been killed. The, uh, in Humboldt uh, Park, which was in Florida, video surveillance statistics showed the cameras Surveillance did reduce crime approximately 20% as soon as they were put into operation. So public uh, 
public surveillance cameras have been set up, and the chance to catch a criminal is much higher if you do have uh, if you do have cameras. I'm almost done. Good. We, we need some time for the public too. So okay, I'll wrap it up. one last thing here. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to go into the Boston Marathon where they didn't have cameras, but three doors down or three buildings down, they did have them, and they were able to catch the people. Uh, closed circuit, the value of closed circuit systems show that um, closed circuit TV footage is classified as useful in 62.2% of the robbery investigations and 61% of the assault investigations in the nation. That's out of the FBI. Uh, last thing I want to mention, in fact, uh, is that the benefit of uh, surveillance outweighs the disadvantages accordingly. Uh, the FBI statistics, as I mentioned, prove what the uh, violent crimes and also what property crimes and individuals were uh, saved by the uh, cameras. I can't imagine how bad the situation would be if there were no public security uh, systems and cameras. There's no, there's not much uh, about the concern of privacy violations when you behave yourself in a public place. It's only when you don't. If you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to worry about. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dan. Do you want to say something, Toby, before I go to the audience? Um, after public comment, if we could come back to the council for just a, just a quick question that I have for all of you, because I heard pilot a few times, and so what I don't want to do is for us to come up with, you know, a whole bunch of locations for permanent cameras and have you thinking it should have been more of the, the mobile one. So if we could come back to that after the public. Okay, thank you. Is there anyone from the public that would like to comment and questions? Come on up. Denise Atwater Vallon. Um, I'm representing the Colorado River um, Museum. And uh, I was asked by Carol Finkelstein to address this issue. Uh, since 2013, when we began working on getting the Little Red Schoolhouse, at that time the museum, uh, in, in, in place, uh, we always talked about some of the things that could go on if we were inside there, which started to happen, and that was uh, some people would walk in, meander in, ask if we had water, which we always have water bottles for people. And we started to realize that with a few of us in there, maybe two women at a time, sometimes only one of us, some elderly, not able like me to skedaddle real fast if I had to right out the back door. And of course, now it's been fenced, so it's not quite as easily to you know go hither and yon. You're sort of locked in. We wondered about cameras, surveillance cameras for ourselves in there for protection. So I noticed that in the museum, they've got eight windows of TV cameras, but there's a black spot. So I've been asking and asking for years, could we have something for the women once in a while that get in there, or the men? But it was a little bit more for we women that were in there and how we could protect ourselves. I was told the museum is not involved. This is a city. Uh, they own the Little Red Schoolhouse. You need to take it up with Toby Cotter in the mean or the city itself. So in the meantime, I've been trying to find out a way to do that, and this was what I was told, come and at least let you know that we need something inside. We don't need particularly something outside. We have a big light, but it doesn't go on. So there is a big light on a metal pole, but it never apparently works, and I was only told that just recently. Um, what we need is something 
that could either be hooked into the ones so that when people are, when the four or five people inside the museum know that there's only one person or maybe two at the most occupying the schoolhouse, which is a fairly large distance away, that they would see that because they're looking and monitoring it, but they don't know we're out there maybe in trouble. And sometimes the big metal doors don't close perfectly and it's easy to just open it up and walk in. So we keep looking at that, I mean, but there's just a lot of little aspects of it that I thought I'd share, which I have now, and maybe you could consider the fact that we are in there alone and we're in there for hours and then the only other thing would be, these are irreplaceable antiques. Thousands and thousands of dollars and hours and hours of gathering for these antiques and these, these irreplaceable 1947 or pre-items uh, 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 and desks and such that could be destroyed, graffitied up, or anything like you're talking about, and we would never be able to replace them. It would run into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. The desks themselves on Amazon are almost $1,000 a piece, and to bring them in, these were luckily given to me personally by the gentleman in Oatman who had, we had given the desks to them for their school when our school closed down and I was able to retrieve the ones I got. So anyway, again, ours would be for more for protection than anything else, but thank you very much. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Uh, hello, council and staff and commissioners. My name is Jason Newland, Bullhead City resident. Um, I do like that there were 37 spots uh, identified that uh, maybe would come from law enforcement. Uh, the point of consideration that I just wanted to bring up, um, adding cameras uh, versus or in addition to increasing human interaction um, in the park, specifically with the uh, park ranger program. Um, so for example, if you were, you know, a a mother with a group of children at the splash pad. Um, a camera may give you comfort, but also seeing a park ranger within earshot uh, might also bring a uh, level of uh, security or, um, to that situation. And that's all, thanks. Thank you. Is there anyone else? All right, Toby. Okay, so uh, during the discussion, uh, we heard pilot from a few of the council members. So in my estimation in our research, definitely you saw what Austin was doing piloting with mobile units that could either be leased, you know, purchased and resold or whatever. Um, more permanent program would be installation of cameras. And because our parks, for example, use the skate park as an example, I mean, there is a little bit of proximity, Wi-Fi, you know, technology that needs to be bought and paid for and installed. So we wouldn't want to just take that out in a year necessarily if someone said, well, we don't need it. So I guess if I could get counsel to uh, tell me a little bit more about piloting versus moving forward with the program so that when we bring back, uh, you know, something for council approval, because A, we have to take it out of contingency. We knew that as we budgeted, it was kind of at the end. So we'll be taking a line item amount out of the contingency. So I'll be asking for your approval. Um, and so just kind of looking into zero in on, on that. We can, we can do either one and we can make sure that uh, if we pilot it and we're using mobiles that, uh, you know, 
we can you know we can use that program or we can move forward with the installation so uh, kind of want to know what you're thinking about that all right I'll start uh, I think <coughs> the professionals have already identified 37 was it 37 areas that need it so I would say those are permanent from the get-go if you've already identified them and then as far as pilot that could be uh, for expanding if there was other areas that we might need to look at but the actual 37 that have already been identified I think those should be done permanently from the get-go if you know when our usage is up say we do a one-year five-year contract whatever and we don't think we're getting our bang for our buck or then we could move them around or change them or get rid of them but I think if they've already been identified by the by Dave and the chief who know more than any of us then I think they should be there from the get-go uh, but if you think there's other areas that might need them but we're not a hundred percent sure that's what I think we could use for pilot areas and I'm seeing some of your colleagues do head nods and I'm also feeling like maybe part of the pilot is also the policies and procedures and how they're being implemented time of day other things like yeah, that. that we're definitely gonna have to all go over um, <coughs> so briefly we'll go down the line and everybody could give no we're, we're this is council okay. not. I'll clarify what I meant by piloting so we I think mr. Heath said eight or nine parks that would qualify for camera usage what I meant by a pilot was try that in one or two parks implement it put them in permanent cameras mobile whatever they choose to use let's see what happens over a period of time does crime go down do we catch thieves do we have the guardrails in place do we observe the guardrails uh, let's audit what happens and then we expand <coughs> the program if we're all happy that it works that's what I meant by piloting okay. mr. mayor I have a question um, how many of these I wrote down how many different statistics that you said for criminal damage assaults graffiti the ones that you wrote down how many of those led to criminal or prosecution I'd have to go back and look at each call so I apologize I didn't I didn't think to try to pull that today it was kind of short notice just to to grab this and right. I wanted to present that to you so you had an idea of what we're looking at I'd have to go back and look at each case to see if there was so from that council member so 20 six in rotary. rotary and 13 in community mm -hmm. so you'd actually have to go into the police <coughs> report and then follow that up to see if that actually led to an arrest or what happened after the fact but right. councilwoman just just as a uh, um, matter of just statistics criminal damages are very hard to solve when you don't have that kind of evidence mm -hmm. so I'd be willing to bet that it's pretty low uh, based on on these numbers here that actually catching somebody right so um, I agree with rich I would like there to be um, a pilot program where it's at a smaller number of parks so that we can look at these if this is rotary and community park that we have these pretty high statistics for um, then seeing over you know a different smaller amount of time or whatever we decide for this policy if those numbers go down then that would be good that's what I would like yeah Toby for from my perspective a pilot program is let's figure out what kind of money we want to spend to get a look at those places that have the most occurrences 
let's fix some cameras there. I don't think we should have 15 mobile cameras that sometimes I think we could just wander around with and never get much out of. But let's identify those places within whatever budget you know, we <coughs> determine is appropriate. Let's fix, install them, and let's find out not only how they work for us, what they do to determine whether you know, having them in those places is appropriate and so that we can establish a set of rules and see how those rules actually work. You know, we've all come up with, you know, a great set of uh, policies and then right. went, well, that wasn't the best idea. Sure. So to me, that's what a pilot program is, not, I, I didn't mean, you know, let's buy a bunch of mobile cameras. Okay. okay. Well, I'm, I'm just going to say basically what I said before. I'm, I'm not a officer or, or a law enforcement, and I think that we should really leave it up to law enforcement to, to provide us the information that they need to do their job. That's what I think. Thank you, Juan. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, I just, I support moving forward. It's not really, in my idea, pilot is like you're just testing something and not sure if you want to do it. So I know this is something we all really want to do. The community needs it. So I say let's move forward. Herman? I totally agree that we should move forward with it because if they save one life, you cannot put a price on an individual's life. And if all the cameras and all the money we spend for the cameras saves one person's life, it was well worth it. Thank you, Dan. Did you get what you needed from that, Toby? Yes. Thank you. All right, that's going to conclude our workshop for today. Now um, we're going to move into executive session. Could I get a motion to move into executive session? Motion to move into executive session. Second. Second. Everybody say aye. 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 Thank you, everybody.